Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. And I'm going to take us to Psalm 1, and we're going to have a skip, hop, and a wander around Psalm 1 a little bit today. We'll skip over a few things. We'll hop around a few things. We'll wander around a couple of verses and, and uh, unique uh, concepts that are scriptural. I want to get right into it, and then I want to, I want to talk about some th- uh, a couple of things that I want to really extract out of the flower, and hopefully we'll get to carry them with us for a long time. Uh, now, this is a unique psalm in that it's one of the orphan psalms. So that tells us that we really don't know who wrote it. Some uh, credit David, but uh, and others do not. And it, and, it, and at this point, it matters not, because really it, it is a word from the Lord to us all. It is, and it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And dare I say, because of that meditation and because of that lifestyle that he has chosen to resist being thrown in with the scoffers and in with the scornful and in with the attitudes and actions that would come out of those two. No, he chooses to delight himself in the Lord and in the law of the Lord. And in that law, meditate day and night. Because of that, he's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And here's a wonderful and bold promise. And whatever he does shall prosper. Now, of course, we know that Psalm 1 shows a a pretty rigid contrast between the righteous and the unrighteous. But let's give our attention for a few minutes just to this this one. Uh, it says what the righteous, I want to start by talking about the way of the righteous and what the righteous man does not do. Now, blessed is the man who walks not. Now, okay, he's not going to be surrounding himself with ungodly counsel or the counsel of the ungodly, as it says. And he's not going to stand in the path of sinners. He's not going to seat himself, find himself relaxed uh, around the ones who, the scornful, the scoffers who, who defy the beauty and the wonder of who his God is and the one that he loves, the one that he's given his delight to and, re- re- and receives his delight from. So he's not going to surround himself and those kind of atmospheres and let that become, you know, it's the old principle of garbage in, garbage out. Uh, if you fill your mind with garbage and you fill your, your eyes and your spirit and your heart and, your, and uh, you, you delight in those kind of things, uh, you know, garbage in, garbage out. But blessed is the man. Now that word blessed, a unique word, it translates, it's the Hebrew word esher, or Asher, it's where we get the, the whole idea of happiness or contentment. It comes from this Hebrew word, Asher, which is in the root word. It means to be straight or to be right. And not just right in that you can win the debate with the scorn, uh, scornful mockers of, of truth. It's not about debating and winning an argument. 
Blessed is the man who speaks of the happiness. It's, it's speaking of happiness, the blessedness, the contentment in their life of the man or the woman who, who is uh, straight or right with God. That righteous man who's right with God, rightly connected to not only God, but God's purposes in his life, giving, giving him or herself to that, will be a blessed and happy man. It really means to be supremely happy or fulfilled. The plural, of actually a plural of that word, it denotes either a multiplicity of blessings, it says, or an intensification of them. So I want to live a life with an intensification of multiple blessings coming from every side into my life. I, I want to be found uh, happy as a result of, and not just some shallow surface happiness that you can get from the things that are so engaging or stimulating and all the the glittering gold of this world but there's something far deeper that deeper than that that awakens us uh, to be what we're created to be unto the one that created us to be it's an important thing to realize in these days when the the volume of the scoffers and the scornful is becoming so blatant and when the media has become so blatant and the movies are so blatant, the whole world, uh, uh, the, the violence that's going on in the world. Well, we are, are encouraged. Actually, I'll, I'll go as far as to say we're commanded by the Word of God to step out of that. How can, you, how can we step out of that world that, that surrounds us? Well, we walk not with it. We stand not with it, and we don't sit there in those atmospheres and allow them to impact the depth of our spirit man and who we are. We just refuse it. And uh, there is a way that we will not walk. There's a path that we will not stand in, and there's seats that we will not sit in. You know, we could say these things here speak of how we be behave and where, and where we belong. But the righteous man and the righteous woman and the ungodly man are different in how they think. I don't, I don't know how to think the way I hear people thinking in our culture today. I, I can't even imagine behaving the way I see people behave today. And, and, I, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying I, I can't imagine how they feel any sense of belonging in a world that they're creating around themselves. And, you know, we need to not to be those that stand and judge that just simply because they are standing in judgment toward us. What we, we need to ask the, the Lord how to cause our lives that meditate upon his law day and night to cause us to be stable and planted in such a way that people can come to our shade and they can come to our, come to our river and drink, if you will. We need to be an example of those who do not yield to what's happening in people's lives and the storms that they're walking through. Imagine having to deal with the, the conditions of this world and not know the Lord. Who knows how any of us would respond? Who knows how any of us would act out and what levels of anger and violence or even perversion would be realized in our lives? But, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful progression here that's happening in this Scripture. Uh, and uh, there's a progression of sin that you see, 
but there's the also there's a great lesson to be learned from the whole is is sin is a progressive thing one evil leads to another and he who who acts uh, by bad counsel well they'll soon be doing the evil deeds that that counsel has brought to them will it not and if we abandon ourselves to evil doings I mean that when you when you abandon yourself in to try to survive the way that the world is becoming now, no wonder there's so much pain in the world is because there's so much pain in people's lives. No wonder the world has become so sad and so hopeless for so many, because the sadness and the hopelessness that defies everything that God wants to give us. He says, "Happy is the man, happy is the woman." who not only rejects and steers away from that darkness, but there is a light that we have opportunity to point our hearts and our eyes toward and, and delight in the law of the Lord. And, in his, and we're not talking about law as in rules and regulations. We're just talking about the Word. I, I want to encourage everybody to do something. Stop reading your Bible. Stop uh, reading the Bible as if you're ticking off a box of accomplishment. But what if we started learning how to meditate upon Scripture day and night? Does that mean memorization and recitation? Well, it can, but that's really not what meditating on Scripture is all about. And, and again, I know the, the limited amount of time that we have here, but meditation should not even be necessarily technique-driven uh, or, or to base a spirituality on technique for meditation or technique for anything, as far as that goes, uh, is to reduce what should be a way of life living by those rivers of water, living by those, uh, that refreshing, living by it, uh, assimilating the truth of the Word of God on a daily basis. That's not ticking a box of accomplishment. You know, it's, it's about spiritual living. And there are a lot of systems that, that are produced, and even in Christianity, that people can buy into the systems and buy into the technique and 15 ways to do that and 12 ways to do something else. And, but, you know, when you look back at the, as far as meditation, when you look back at the monastic traditions in days past, there's two ways that they used in regards to meditation that are important to us today, I think. You know, it's not it's not a big secret that a part of what they would do and that uh, as they would develop that lifestyle and that in re their relationship with the Lord is they would have times of silence, of course. And some of those uh, different monastic uh, disciplines were quite rigid in their silence. But in those silent times, they were encouraged to use a repeated phrase. And uh, what they do is they, they will have repeated phrases and slow reading of sacred texts. Now, when you think of, a, of the re repeated phrase, what's the value of that to us today? Well, think of it like this. One of the reasons they were encouraged to do that is because it was their portable internal sanctuary. 
and being still and silent, it kept their distracting thoughts at bay. And when they were working and in silence, it helps to turn your work into prayer. They would find a, a simple sacred text and repeat it over and over and over and over. And think like when you go into a, a, an old uh, a cathedral, for example, how that you can stand and look at this place and there truly is a sense of awe standing there, especially when you stand there and you look up. And when you look up and then you hear the, the sound of your own voice, for example, when you begin to sing a simple sacred text or a scripture or a lyric of a song, and you release that sound and it begins to move around in that room and around in that room. You know what? Very quickly, all distractions go away. Now you think about putting word and truth and life, scripture, song and sound in your inner man and let let your inner man become an inner sanctuary. And what it does is it really blocks out all of those distractions that are out there trying to rob you of those moments of prayer and sound and song, even prophecy, even uh, an inner liturgy, shall we say, uh, starts to well up in you in such a way that it's welcoming the presence of the Lord. And pretty soon you have forgotten all about those outer surface things. It's a, you know, I, I, not long ago I, I shared this little piece where, where I was in Edinburgh, Scotland one day in front of St. Giles Cathedral. And uh, this is a writing that came out of that moment before I went in. And this, th this writing is part of what drew me in there that day. Steeple bells began to ring right in the middle of all the hustle and the bustle and everybody going and moving and doing and, and the roar of the city. Well, steeple bells sing mystery and dignity. They dignify the air with their notes and remind us that high purposes and great mysteries are hanging just above the city noise, waiting for the perfect timing to permeate the moment. Ancient tones have been freed to remind us to refine our thoughts and cast them upwards as praise. Steeple bells love to sing without secrecy and unveil the solitude that asks our hearts to look upon, look up from the cobblestones and care. And in the midst of it all, there is a solitude more remote than mountains, safer than valleys, deeper than forests, and as quiet as a sleeping child. It's the kind of solitude that holds mysteries as deep as eternity. It's wrapped in a beauty that breaks us out of daydreams and look away glances and turns our eyes and hearts toward the one who loves us and never looks away. And those are the kind of things that if we will meditate on those kind of beautiful things, I can assure you that our delight will be in the law of the Lord and his law. And we will meditate day and night and therefore we will ultimately prosper as a result of his presence in our life. No matter what this world looks like, we'll turn our eyes to him and he will be our focus. He will be our song. He will be our prayer and our meditation. Well, listen, I'm already over time here. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Have a great day wherever you are.